let's look at where the Holy Spirit was uh, first introduced uh, in the ministry of Jesus, and which it came through uh, uh, the gospel. Um, it came through Jesus Christ. Uh, the John himself baptized him, and um, but when John baptized Jesus, he baptized him because it was prophesied that John would baptize him. But his baptism was the baptism into the Holy Ghost. And so we'll come back and, and look at, uh, matter of fact, let's just look at this for a moment, back it up and look at this for a moment. Uh, and look at verse 16 uh, of John 3, John 3.16. I mean, not John, Luke 3.16. Uh, look at Luke 3.16. It says, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I come, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. Now the word unloose that I want you to see here, that word unloose, it's the same word that Jesus used when the Bible said Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means to unloose. It means to, 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 to untie, to unloose. You know how you take a shoestring and then you untie or you unloose that, that shoestring? Well, that's what Jesus came to do with the works of the enemy because the enemy had us bound, tied in our mind. Spiritual warfare is not just dealing with demonic activity. The devil is real. But we give the devil too much credit as far as saying that person is under the influence of demons. Meant really, you may be more under the influence of flesh or not crucifying the flesh, the works of the flesh. Because the works of the flesh is just as powerful are just as important as it is casting out demons of, of someone that is really controlled by demons. Now, I didn't cast out devils out of many people that was under the influence of demonic power. But then you can't cast out the flesh. Are you following what I'm saying? You, it's a, it, it has to be a changed behavior when it comes to the works of the flesh. And so you're going to have to be filled with the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Remember, we're going to use all of the month of March and probably going into April and dealing with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the various aspects of the working of the Spirit of God that's in you. You're born of the Spirit? Yes, that's one. But because you're born of the Spirit does not mean that you are filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is a different, it's a different immerse, immersion. You feel what you, 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 once Jesus has become the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit himself was the one that brought you to that place of bringing you to a place of conviction of receiving God's love. So the Spirit of God entered into you and it sealed your spirit with the Holy Spirit of promise. But now that your spirit is born of God, you need this the infilling of the spirit to do what? So that it can wash your mind. It can cleanse your heart. See, when you are full of the Holy Ghost, then it takes away the oppression. 
It takes away depression. It takes away the thing that caused you to live in fear. See, because the Holy Spirit is going to reveal you about God's love towards you. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, I even found myself saying in the past, what is the opposite of fear? I would say faith. But I no longer say it's his faith. The opposite of fear is God's love. Because what does 1 John 4, 18 says? Perfect love casted out fear. It didn't say faith cast out fear, did it? It said perfect love. So you want to get rid of the fear, then you need to begin to trust in the love that God has towards you. And that love can only be trusted in that manner through the power of the Holy Ghost that's inside of you. Because when you begin to pray in the Spirit, see, when you pray in the Spirit, it calls your mind to be unproductive. In other words, you lose your thought, you lay down your way, and you begin to rest. You begin to partake of that same spirit that's in your born-again spirit. You begin to allow that life of that spirit to arrest your mind. And what it does, it casts out fear. It casts out all oppression, depression, the works of darkness. And you begin, to, you begin to grab hold to the love that God has towards you. And so when here, when he said, uh, who, shoes, who latched of whose shoes, I'm not worthy to unloose. Well, that's what Jesus came to do the devil. He came to, to, to unloose, to untie. And I'll show you that in, in 1 John uh, chapter 3 in just a moment. But notice this. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what? Fire. See, what does fire does? Fire burns out, right? What fire does to gold? Hmm? The more fire you put to gold, what, is it, what does it do? It melts what? And it brings forth what? The impurities that's there. Any impurity in that gold, it will come to the top. That's what fire does. Well, the word is like fire. It burns out all the impurities of the flesh, of your thought life, the thing that hurt you, the thing that drugged you, the thing, whatever it is. I don't care what your mindset was. When you submit your mind to the power of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you, then everything that's wrong in your heart, that's wrong in your thought, that's wrong in your intellect, the word, the Holy Ghost will cause a fire. The word will come like a fire and it'll burn it out. And it will give you the light of God's word so that you have a new vocabulary, a new way of thinking, a new way of living. But this doesn't happen like ripe cherries fall off the tree. You have to have a desire for it. You have to hunger for it. You have to give yourself over to these truths. But I'm just showing you that here it is. Go to the next verse, hard case, and keep going down. He said, whose fan is in his hand? And he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into the garner, but the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. You can kind of use this verse of, when we think about, I wanted to teach a little bit about, uh, what's the guy in Judges? What's his name was? Uh, uh, that God told, gave him 300? Gideon. You know, when God ministered to Gideon. I want you, you know, I want you to go back and 
look at chapter 6 and chapter 7 of the book of Judges and just kind of study it out a little bit. And to see that the Midianite, the Midianites had took the children of Israel in judgment, had took the, Israel, the children of Israelite in, in, in uh, 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 they incarcerated them. This is one of the words I want to use. They captured them. They were made slaves to them. And the only reason why the Midianites were empowered over them because the Israelites rebelled against the word of God. And so whatever success they had to feed themselves, to take care of themselves, they were hiding from the Midianite. And Gideon was in that place hiding from the Midianite trying to make wheat. Because whatever the Midianites saw that they had, whether they be what tools they used, what weapons they had, the Midianites took them, took them away from them. They were slaves. And so the, so the word of the Lord, the angel of the Lord came under him and called, called him a mighty man of valor while he was yet hiding. While they were yet uh, bound by the Midianites. Don't sound like you're a mighty man of God when you when you cap when you are in captivity, does it? But the moment the word says that you what you are, then what you do, you take what the word says. Now, I don't agree with everything Gideon did, so I, I don't hardly read the story, but because Gideon put out a fleece. Well, that's all Gideon could do. Because why well, he didn't have the spirit of God in him, but the same manifestation of the spirit of God that manifests, the, you know, the grass being, you know, being wet, but the fleece that he had was not wet. Y'all remember reading that? And then Gideon was not satisfied. He said, okay, this time, then allow the fleece be, to be wet and the ground be dry. But what was he doing? It was like God was using it to build his confidence because he was just a mere man. The spirit of God was not in him like it is in you and I. So that's why you want to be careful at times using these Old Testament ideas or these Old Testament uh, uh, examples because you're thinking that, you know, to, uh, you know, God, if this is you, then Gideon say, well, if this is you, then show me this and show me that. No, the Spirit of God is in you and I. Amen? Amen? And so you have to be awakened to this spiritual truth. But, you know, Gideon went on in the chapter 7, you know, uh, well, even in chapter 6, when Gideon built that altar and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. He didn't know it was an angel until he was not there no more. Ah, it's a beautiful story. But Gideon went on, and God began to reveal to him once he got his attention that he was going to set the Israelite free, and he did it with what? 300 men that did what? Lack water like a dog. He started out with 32,000. And the reason why God always do more with less is so that we can't say we did this in our own power. It's to show that, hey, this couldn't have happened if it wasn't for God.
And that's why you have to have this Holy Ghost power on the inside of you, flowing on the inside of you. Why? Because you are recognizing, know that when you come through this, the brother was talking about breakthrough. When you walk through this and you come out on the other side, remember, you're not trying to get victory. You already fight it from a place of victory, but it's something in your flesh that's trying to hold you from walking in what you already have. And when you start praying in tongues, it's like, man, why would I want to just pray in tongues? Why would I just want to pray in something that I don't really understand? It's a strength. It's like working out with weights. Why would I want to work out with weights? What is that going to benefit me? Until you have to go and pick up something. And then you realize, man, my working out is helping me. Right? You'd be surprised how weak folks are. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? They can't hardly pick up a chair. Yeah, you'd be surprised how weak some people really are. Okay? But it's the same way I'm using a natural uh, uh, phenomenon to, to teach you about a spiritual principle. You're weak in the flesh in yourself when it comes up to the unseen world. You have to have help. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He's the one. Why? Why? Why are you going to look to the Holy Spirit? Because he's the one with Jesus that defeated the works of the devil. Now that spirit testifies inside of you and I. The victory is already won. You, you, your part and my part is to take time and pray in that spirit. Now notice it. Go to the next first case. He said, many other things in his exaltation preached unto the people. Keep going. But Herod the Tyrant, being, what I call it, the Tyrant, or, or what, what you call his name, Tetra, whatever, being reproved for him, I mean, being reproved by him for holding his brother Philip's wife. Well, you see, he got persecuted because of what? I mean, uh, Herod got persecuted because he took his brother's wife and notice this, he took John and threw him in the prison. Hmm? Did I get that name right, uh, Paige? Tetra? Herod the Tetra? I got it right. Oh, oh got the T-Rat? <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> She breaks up clown when I say that. Next verse, uh, uh, case. And then that, there you go. He added yet this above that he shut up John in prison. Let's keep going. So you know why John was in prison, right? Right? He was in prison because of his brother's wife. And so being John being caught, being put in prison, not John being in prison, now I don't know, maybe six months or whatever after the birth, of, I mean, after Jesus was baptized, John became unsure whether or not he baptized the right one because his whole ministry, the purpose of his birth was to do what? It was to announce Jesus' entrance into the world. That was his, that's the purpose of his birth, okay? But now, here we go. Watch this. 
It said, now when all the people were baptized, and it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open, watch this, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily-like, a bodily shape like a dove upon him. Didn't say it was a dove. It said it was in a bodily shape, whereas they could see. That means something, you can't see the spirit, but you could see this impression that was coming upon him. That means he was no longer just natural. Jesus was God in the flesh, but he was God without his glory. So Jesus had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit if he was going to be, if he was going to confront the works of the devil. He could not do it in his own body, even though his body was sinless. His spirit was sinless, but he was no match for the devil without having this power. Are you following what I'm saying? He had to be taught. His spirit was like God, but his flesh was still flesh. Amen? We remember, we don't have time, but you remember when Jesus was 12 years old, when he became of age, that's what we call the, uh, the number of uh, becoming of age or, or the age of accountability. It's 12. We use that because that's what Jesus was, 12. And where, where, where was he? In the synagogue doing what? Learning of himself. While the scribes, the, the leaders were talking, they were teaching and sharing about him. He was sitting there learning of himself. And the parents went back to look for him, a three-day journey, and found out they thought he was with one of the, the relatives and found him in the, in the, uh, the synagogue with the elders, learning of himself. Hmm? So notice this, and the Holy Ghost descended upon him uh, in a bodily shape as a like, like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, thou art my beloved son. Notice he said, my beloved son, in thee I am what? Well, please. Well, now God is saying the same thing to you and I. In thee I am well pleased. But if you try to use your flesh, what you see in the mirror, if, you, if there was a mirror and I will try to use my natural uh, reflection to see whether or not I'm okay, everything is well, you're going to miss God. Because sometimes you look in the mirror and say, oh, ugh. Uh-huh. We'll say, oh, ugh. Uh-huh. Is that right? We start looking at all the little imperfections of ourselves or whatnot, and say, oh, man, oh, my neck, oh. If you see a little sack there, you try to, but you see, you're trying, what we're trying to do, use your natural reflection to make you feel like all is well. You can't do that. That's what throws us off. Your, not, your reflection of seeing whether or not you're okay is through the word of God. The word is your guide. Hmm? This flesh is going to decay. It's going to go back to where it, was, where, you know, where it once came from. Now, we do the best we could in taking care of it, right? Because we got purpose. You got to have a physical body to do what? To carry out the will of God on earth. There's no floating spirits on the earth that's carrying out the will of God. Even Satan himself, he has to have a body to carry out his evil 
uh, memorandum. And that's not easily done. He had to have somebody that opened themselves up to carry out his plan. Because he can't. He don't have the power. When I tell you the devil has been stripped, he has been, I mean, stripped naked. He, he, he has nothing. He's a zero with the rim knocked off. I'm telling you, the devil is a zero. He's a loser. He has no power. Absolute none. You and I give him that power when we submit our will to him. When you understand the death that Jesus died on that cross, not just his flesh, but his spirit became sin for us on that cross. And then when they took his body down, they put him in that grave, uh, in that tomb, his spirit went to hell. To finish off the works of the devil. See, it was in the spirit that made us sinners, that caused us to live under oppression, to be a thief, to be a murderer, to be a gambler, to be whatever. That nature was there. Jesus went there and took back, stripped him. Remember, he was not a sinner. He was made sin on your and my behalf so that he could do what? And stay there until the Father was satisfied within himself of justice within himself. Not justice of the devil. God needed justice within himself that he could say, it's finished. Even though Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. But he had to go to that place of hell, the place of prison where spirits are held to do what? To set the captives free. And when he satisfied the claim of the Father, you know, it's like somebody paying a debt for you. It's like if I had a million dollar debt and Bobby come up and say, Pastor, how much you owe? I say, oh, a million dollars. You say, well, you know what? I'm going to give you two. Take that million, pay for it, and then live on. Man, that's what Jesus did. It was an overpayment of what you and I did. That was the love that the Father has for us. So for you and I to be held captive, allowing the works of darkness to capture us in our thought, because this is where the, this is where the real spiritual warfare takes for. If you don't learn to crucify the works of your flesh, any part of your flesh, of your mind that you leave to the enemy, any area of your walk of life that you leave that untouched, if you have sexual desires for, 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 for another woman or for another man, or if you have sexual desires for the same sex or whatever, I'm telling you, it's not the desire that gets you. It's that if you leave a thought untouched, what, if you leave a thought that's untouched and continue to flirt with that, then the enemy is going to use it against you. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? So you have to open the door to that yourself. 
And that's the reason why you don't, you, you and I, the Bible tells us that for us not to live in sin. Why? Because there is a, a price that's been paid for your freedom. That means you got a voice. You, got, you have your voice back. You know, if you were a horse and you lost your voice and you couldn't speak, well, guess what? No one could hear you. No one could understand what you were saying. You know why? Because you didn't have a voice. Well, that's what Jesus did. He got your voice back so that now you can speak to the works of darkness because I have already gone to hell and I stripped him, spoiled him of all the works of his, that he had of putting you in captivity. I stripped him of that right. But you're going to have to open your mouth now when you have crazy thoughts, you know, and he's only going to use thoughts that's familiar with your past. Your past and my past is different. But whatever your past is, he's going to keep tempting you with it. He's going to keep using it against you. I don't care if you live to be 120 years old. He will still come to you at 120 years old and still try to tempt you with the same thing. You say, well, you'll think that if, why would someone keep doing Because we stopped renewing our mind with the word of God. When you stop renewing your mind, to, re to renew me is a, you know, sometimes you have to renovate. To renovate means you, you have to destroy, you have to pull down, you have to uproot some things in your thought life. And you have to plant a new way of thinking, a new way of saying we lose that power when we continue to keep giving in to the same old strategy that the enemy continue to keep defeating us with. That's why, that's why believers keep falling back into oppression. Because they open themselves up. A season come along, something don't sound right, something don't go right, then all of a sudden, here's that, that oppressive spirit come right back and put you back in a vice again. Man, I just don't feel like Nothing working out. It just, I thought this was behind me. You know, I was doing good. And now it just looked like I, I'm just going right back. No, you're not. It just looked like. Your feelings are lied to you. Hmm? If I told you I was going to give you $50,000, all of a sudden, whatever you felt like, it's gone, right? <laughs> See, you got a new feeling. I'm just telling to tell you, your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will, can change. So just because you feel something doesn't mean that it is. It doesn't become until you partake of it. Then you put the enemy in control of your thoughts, of your way. Right? Now, I don't know how I got way over there. But anyway... I'm just talking about the power that be in the Holy Ghost. See, you have a lot of people talk about spiritual warfare. And again, I want to make this clear. Spiritual warfare is real. Because Jesus told us to cast out devils. But most of the time, it's not demonic activity that is at work. More than it is of flesh, or should I say, uncrucified flesh. True, real, true spiritual warfare is you dying to the flesh, dying to self. 
This is why Jesus was led. Go, go to now. Go with me to uh, Luke chapter four. Look at verse one. This is why Jesus was led into the wilderness. It was to show proof his flesh was not in control. Now notice this. It said, "And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan, where he got baptized by John. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Who led him there? The Spirit. Right. Next verse. And being forty days tempted of the devil, and after, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when he had, when they were ended, he afterwards were hungry. Okay. And the devil said unto him." If thou be, what? The son of God. So what was the first thing he was doing? He was looking at Jesus because he thought Jesus had what? An identity crisis. He didn't know who he was. And this is the same thing the devil is doing to the church today. If you were a son of God, if you were born again, if you had the spirit of God, you wouldn't be letting all this go on in your life. So you must be not saved. Hmm? Or how could you let all this go on in your life? You, you can't be saved. These voices will talk to you in your head. And if you don't understand, I'm pretty sure most of you in here understand, that your birth, your spiritual birth, it is a spiritual birth. It's not a natural birth. Your natural birth is where the law of sin and death was living. You were conceived in that. You didn't have anything to do with it, just like you didn't have anything to be, be born again. You have anything to do with the new birth. You received it. Right? So notice this. The devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command that this stone be made bread. Now you remember, Jesus is full of the Holy Ghost now. And notice this. So the devil, using the same temptation, he, lived, he did what the first Adam. And the devil said to him, if thou be the son of God, command that this stone be what? Made what? Bread. What was he doing? He was leaning upon Jesus' flesh. Why? He'd been out there 40 days. And it said he was what? Hungry. Right? Man, if I was out there 40 days and hungry, you know, and I see you with a piece of church's fried chicken, I'm going to take that chicken. Next verse. And Jesus answered him saying, it is what? Written that man should not what? Shall not live by what? But how? How? That should be your confession every time you, you find yourself in a fix, in a crisis that's coming before you. Remember, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from a place of of victory. You already have the victory because the victor is living in you. But you got to renew just mindset to do what? To coincide so that you can get the same result that Jesus got. He said, man should not live by what? Bread alone, but by how? Every word of God. That's Luke. I mean, not Luke. Uh, that's Deuteronomy 6.4. He was quoting that. He couldn't he, he used the same passage of scripture, verse 4 and 5. And this is still the same today. You and I should do what? Live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how you should live. 
What does the word say? When something come against you, when you have, when you have, when you pushed up against the wall, or something trying to steal your jaw, you got to ask yourself, what does the word say about this? You may not know at the moment that I'm not praying out loud for you to hear me. I'm praying to myself. What am I doing? I'm being infused with the Spirit of God so that the word will come up. A word of victory will come up because the Holy Spirit is not for my spirit. The Holy Spirit is for my soul. It's for my heart, my mind, my will, my emotion. That's what needs to be transformed all the time. That's why the Holy Spirit is working in your soul. That's why people fight being filled with the baptism in the Holy Ghost because what? A person who's not full of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another tongue, I'm telling you, their thoughts is crazy as a blessed bug. All of us got crazy thoughts, but they don't have no way of controlling them. They have no way of taking back what is right. They have no way of taking their mind back, which to take you... Maybe seconds or minutes. Sometimes it takes them weeks. Sometimes it takes them months. Sometimes it takes them years because they have let themselves go too far out. You allow your mind now to be in a wilderness place, a dry place. You don't get there overnight. You got there through what you've been watching. What do you watch on TV? What do you watch on that little phone you got? See? What kind of videos you watching when nobody is watching you? What are you looking at? What are you feeding on? Because all of that is an entrance to your soul. And you're going to only watch stuff that you've been tempted with in your life. That whatever you, whatever, whatever you, whatever you came out of, those things would be your interest. You're gonna have a point, you're gonna have a moment when a something comes up, if it's filled with lust, you're gonna have a moment to either change that or you're gonna engage into it. And if you engage into it, then guess what? It got you. Now you can repent. You understand what I mean? That's the, that's, that's, a, that's the good part of your call. You can repent and say, I uproot the Lord, I change it. Forgive me. Satan, get back under my feet in the name of Jesus. You take, you take an authority over your thought life now. Right? Notice the next word. I mean the next word. <laughs> the next verse. And the devil taking him up in a high mountain and showing him all the kingdom of the world in a moment of time. Now, you know this got to be in the spirit, so he can't do it no other way. Next verse, case. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give thee. Huh? And the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomever or whomsoever I will, I give it. Boy, isn't that a bold statement? Because you see, the first Adam gave it up to him. How did he give it up? He gave it up by eating of the tree of the knowledge that gave him knowledge of good and evil. And Satan don't play to give back. You see what he tried to tell him? He said, hey, you know, if you just bow your knee, all this, he, the devil said to him, all this power I will give thee. Same way, how did Adam give it up? By following his word, partaking. 
Same temptation, different result. Same thing for you and I. You're going to be confronted in the same likeness that Jesus is, that Adam was, that the apostle Paul, Peter, I mean, King David, all. There is no different strategy that the enemy has. So you don't have to be concerned about new tricks. You don't have to be concerned about new ways. Well, said this is 21st century. The devil got some 21st uh, 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 century uh, vices. No, he don't. No, he don't. You will be surprised how minimal the ways, the trickery of the devil is. You'll think it's lost. No, no, they're probably just like this. He has no new way. But we keep looking at it in a manner that we're, boy, the devil is so busy. Man, the devil this, the devil that, and the devil sitting behind a, he's sitting behind a tree somewhere. <laughs> they're accusing me. Idiots. Don't even realize they're doing it to themselves. That's it, that's it, that's it. If he can speak, that's what he, but he can't tell you that. I can tell you that. He can't tell you that. Why? His deceptive ways is so deceived that he will never let you know it's him. He don't have it in him. And we just keep falling for the same old bag of tricks over and over. But it stopped today, right? Yeah. Yeah, let me say this to you and it closed. Next verse, uh, Casey. He said, Therefore, Jesus said, He said, No, he said, Therefore, will thou worship me? All shall be what? Thine. And we got people sell their soul out. Do whatever they have to do to make a dollar. Hmm? So what the devil is doing now through, he's doing it through the market. You know, he don't want people to, he don't want people to worship God. He don't want have people to not forget about having church on Sunday. Just come to church on Wednesday. I mean, Sunday is not the first day of the week, but we use it as believers because Jesus was raised that early that Sunday morning. So we consider it as the first Sunday of the week. But guess what? Wednesday night could be, you know, could be your night of, of worship. Tuesday could be your night of worship. It's not in the day. You understand what I'm saying? We use this day. Right? But my point is, is that he said, if you worship me, all this should be yours. Look at Jesus' response was again. And Jesus answered and said to him, now this is somebody full of the Holy Ghost. He's hungry. You don't mess with a man that's hungry, been fasting for 40 days. That's dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> but look what, how Jesus has it. He's still talking to him. Get thee behind me, Satan. For it's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only should thou serve. Are you really getting this? Are you understanding that he is sustained by the word of God? That's what's sustaining him. He's being sustained by the word of God. This is how you and I are going to be sustained. You're going to be sustained by the word of God because I'm telling you, it don't make a difference how much you don't eat or what you do eat if you don't have a reality check of understanding why the purpose, why I'm I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, why I walk in the presence of God's Spirit on a daily basis. I'm telling you, the enemy will use your mind as a, as a place that he could just, I mean, just cause wreak havoc in your mindset. 
Because you did not take control over your thought life. Hmm? Next verse. And he brought Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple again. And he said to him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from here. Well, see, now he's misquoting the verse. If you be the son of God. You don't tempt the Lord thy God. God give us angels charged round about us to keep us in all of our ways. Right? But he wants Jesus to do what? He's saying this unto him. If thou be, again, an identity crisis. That'd be just like the devil. You stand out there on the side of the road and here there's an 18 wheeler come. Well, if you, if you be a son of God, then if you like Jesus, you can walk on across that street and that truck will never touch you because you got angels charged around about you. I'll be performing your funeral. <laughs> if I can't get you, if I can't raise you from the dead. Hmm? Boy, they got quiet right there on that one, didn't they? <laughs> next, next verse. He said again, for it is written, he should give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. See, what he's doing? He's trying to use the, use the scripture out of content. See? And just because the devil can quote, you may hear a scripture part of a verse and you don't hear the, and if you don't have it, if you don't know what it's really saying, you say, well, he quote the word to me. The devil have somebody walk up to you that's demonized, is all outdoor, and because you don't have no perception, he quote the word to me. He quote something to me that nobody did not know. Are you kidding me? You may not know that person, but man, when I see somebody that's of the dark of the devil, my spirit goes off. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? My spirit goes off. It, but, why? Because it knows. You may sound good, you may look good, you may even smell good, but you ain't no good. <laughs> Next verse, Casey. He said, for in their hand they should bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against the stone. Again, we misquote. He left something and he had something. And we'll show you that next week. Uh, you can look at Psalm 91. You can read it for yourself. And Jesus answered and said unto him, it is said, thou should not what? Tempt what? The Lord what? Your God. The Lord thy God. Is that right? Notice this. He said, thou should not Attempt the Lord thy God, and, and, and what happened there? Next verse. And when he had devil ended all of those temptations, what happened? Well, that's what happened. That's what the devil would do with you and I. When you stand on the word, keep confessing the word, standing on the word, then he has to leave you. Why? Because he's trying to see, is your mind not renewed? He's trying to see, are you convinced in the way? He's trying to see, are you still in the way? If he, can know, if, he, if he know that you're not in the way, he know that you're going to speak differently. See, he could not get Jesus to speak any different from the time he opened his mouth of the temptation to the end of all the temptation. It didn't mean that he wasn't going to tempt him again. You see what it said? It said, for a season. So for a while, there'd be some days, there'd be some what? Some weeks, some months, that you like you go with no temptation at all. 
Oh, but you better bank it. He's coming back. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, just like eating, you know, you might eat something that, that should not, you should not be eating, but, but you know, just eating, you know, a little, one little debit, that ain't going to cause no weight to come on you, right? It will have to happen. You got to keep eating little debit. Oh, this is my treat today. This is my treat. And in the next six months, your treat is really treating you, isn't it? <laughs> I can talk about myself because I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's why I can't go back to Little Debbie. No. No, Shan. All right. Okay. This is, we're going to stop right here.